Hi and welcome to another Cheeky Girl Art Chat. In this podcast, I'm joined by Christy, an artist and printmaker. Christy creates some awesome liner prints that caught my eye when I met her. So I had to invite her to my podcast to share her gorgeous creations with you. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, well, first of all, you've already introduced me. I'm Christy. Um, I am a artist and printmaker based in Kent. I um, I'm 25 this year. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, I have been doing printmaking for the last three, four years now, um, and it's been great fun. Um, as well as printmaking, I um, I teach as well. So currently um, teaching at a local community centre, um, and then also other charities. Um, to like private group, uh, private community groups and stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the gist of me. Um, I work in my own studio from home um, uh, every day, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's uh, anything else you want to ask me specifically about me. Um, well, first of all, before we get into like everything, what got you into teaching? Like, why did you want to teach? Um, it just kind of happened. I'm, I believe teaching is a really good supplement for, um, any artist, um, because I already know how to do these things and it's easy to simplify and teach. Um, I've taught from ages six to 96, um, and yeah, it's just um, how it really started was I ran um, a workshop in Canterbury for a paint your own pottery shop um, that isn't there anymore. For a paint your own pottery shop that isn't there anymore. And um, I then after that, I got recommended through them to other people and it kind of just snowballed. So now I have, uh, I always teach on a Friday now, but um, also my friend from university started a charity uh, called Inner Space, um, and the whole aim of that charity is to provide workspace for artists and also provide access to art to members of the public who necessarily might not be able to do that normally. So. Um, We've done, I've taught a couple, quite a few classes for, the, for them back in the summer um, when they had their last funding bid, um, doing things like painting and drawing uh, and stuff like that. But um, it's kind of happened from now and now I keep just getting teaching gigs, um, which I do quite enjoy. Nice. Now I've, I've started teaching recently as well. So it's been really nice to, especially when... I especially enjoy it when they're really nervous and they don't have much faith in themselves and they create and they're really pleased with themselves. Um, it's always nice to see them like they're a lot more confident yeah. at the end of the class. That's cool. Okay. Um, so Involve is a charity that is aimed at older adults and I always get a lot of people who have never done art before mm -hmm. but wanted to come and try it out. Um, I spoke to um, some people at Coffee Morning last week 
um, about signing up and some of them were like, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body, mm-hmm. but it seems like a fun thing to do because it is completely free. So mm-hmm. it's not, a, it's not, it's just, they've got to turn up. They yeah. just want to, got to want to try. Mm-hmm. And then they end up being really, even um, any sort of improvement they show, it seems to be great. Um, and they don't realize their skill beforehand it's great yeah yeah <laughs> I, I always like when people say they don't have a creative bone in their body and then they sit down and create something really lovely and you're like I think yeah. you do <laughs> and it, and to be honest sometimes it's just they need that little bit of guidance or that little bit of hand holding where mm-hmm. they're like you could you just need to try it <laughs> yes yeah no completely agree so how did you get into printmaking um, so I actually started printmaking during my degree. Um, I did a BA in fine art mm-hmm. in at Canterbury Christchurch. Okay. And um, during my second year, I chose it as a specialism. And I just fell in love with it since. Um, I ended up being the only student who solely specialised in printmaking in the mm-hmm. final year. Most people picked a combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I had... Um, a lot of free reign which I think probably helped as well because of having that that space that extra space I didn't have anyone who was there like yeah in my way or anything I just kind of had free reign of everything and I really just fell in love with the printmaking process um I think it was I found it very cathartic mm-hmm. um uh being able to um I don't know the process of carving um, yeah. a lino. So primarily, I work. Um, so for now, I only work in relief printing mm-hmm. lino, and um, that is where you carve into a piece of linoleum, mm-hmm. and um, then you create a print from that. And it was something about that process that I just kind of I just loved it and wouldn't, wouldn't stop doing it. Um, in a dream world, if I could facilitate it, I would be also probably doing acid etching as well but um at the moment my studio isn't large enough to have um uh, an acid bath um you can do so solvent free but i haven't mm-hmm. I, I haven't even i don't know anything about it yet so um maybe that's something for later this year okay because i've done uh, lino i've carved like stamps in linoleum but i've never heard of the acid printing did you yeah say? so it's a different printmaking process it's etching mm-hmm um so you will use a uh you have a zinc plate mm-hmm. um and you will use um you can use anything um so the process is that you get a zinc plate you bevel the edges mm-hmm. um with a um oh what's that called um a file a metal file okay uh and then you'll add something called ground which is wax to it mm-hmm. um and you can add hard ground and soft ground depending on um depending on the outcomes you want um and what you do is you mark uh, you can use a pin or anything to wipe away this wax Mm. so you scratch into it um and then you can put it in the acid bath Mm -hmm. and it bites where the wax isn't it Mm -hmm. bites away so you get these very thin lines and then um when you come to ink it instead of like lino Mm -hmm. you roller it um you want to get ink in the grooves rather than on the flat surface so it's almost like the opposite of lino yeah um and it's a really 
um, fun process. Um, and yeah, I just, it's at the point now, I just can't facilitate it, but yeah. hopefully in the future, I'll get a bigger studio and I yes. will be able to do that. Cool. I've, I've never, I don't know if maybe I've seen it because it sounds familiar. Like I think you I've seen it. You would have definitely seen a etching if you have yeah. any form of um, art background. If you've been to the British Portrait Museum in London, mm-hmm. um, yes. they have etchings in there. Um, I'm pretty sure Rembrandt has some etchings mm-hmm. in there. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, to people who aren't traditionally in art spaces would just be like, oh, it's a drawing, but right. it's not a drawing, it's, it's an etching. Okay. Um <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have to look this up on YouTube because I'm. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen it. I just probably you didn't know what I was do, looking at. Um, you can do dry point etching with um, perspex. Okay. So this isn't what I used it before. I used it for something else. Mm-hmm. But you can scratch into the surface of perspex. Right. Ink that groove up mm-hmm. and do the same kind of print. Oh. Um. The only problem is you can't really do etching without a press because of the amount of pressure yeah, you need to sense. be able to get that ink out of the groove. Uh, out the of the grooves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, I've learned something today. <laughs> that sounds like mm-hmm. fun, though. Um, and I also did a lot of screen printing as well. Um, not as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, to be honest, my like plan for the future, I'll probably be uh, screen printing before I am etching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an easier process to do at home. Yes, agreed. Yeah, because I've done well. I've done a lot of things. I've tried almost anything I can get my hands on, and I think my mum made DIY like screens. I think maybe she used like tulle or something for the mesh part, and mm-hmm. then we like kind of cut out a stencil out of paper. Like it's so you don't have to go through the yeah. whole process. Yeah, that's a lot easier to do at home and say pottery which i want to do but i can't <laughs> do this no kiln yeah you can get microwave kilns uh, you should look those up you have to have a dedicated microwave that isn't for food though of um, course yeah 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 an art microwave yes um, you can get um i don't know if it works with clay but i know it works with glass work because okay. i've seen uh people do it but it's like this round tub that mm-hmm. goes into a microwave oh. And it melt. It gets hot enough to like melt glass. So, cool. <laughs> that's another fun thing. Nice. Might look into that. So you say you've been doing lino printing for three, four years. Is that including yeah. school or when you started to do no, it professionally? Um, that was after university. Okay. Um, I've graduated about four years ago mm. and then I didn't have a workspace for about a year so okay. it is about three years um uh, yeah it is just a kind of a process I've kept up um and at the start of last year I managed to buy a printing press which was nice mm. um it's not an actual press it's mm-hmm. a cold press laminator but okay. they work fairly they work fairly similar mm-hmm. and it's a more affordable thing than an yeah. actual printing press because it's a couple of thousand pounds for a printing press. But whoa, um, okay. <laughs> but my little um, cold press laminator folds up nicely and goes away. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it it rolls through like a laminator would. 
Um, yeah, so think of it as a laminator without heat. Okay. So you have it's it does it with pressure. Okay. So um, I can um, it's got two wheels, mm-hmm. uh, two two big tubes on top of each other. Yeah, and it rolls through like that. Think of like um, an old fashioned clothes dryer when you've seen people yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. roll that through. It's exactly the same okay. process. I've seen people actually convert those into printing presses before. Um, one, I've you, seen that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That but that sense. that was a huge help. Um, traditionally, lino was always done with rubbing a wooden spoon on the back of it. Like yeah. that's how it originally started. Yeah. And when you're doing things like additions, um, so I will I sell my prints in additions most of the time. So there will only be six of each design, or okay. depend depending on the day, mm. there might be ten of each design, okay. and then that be it. So they're limited runs. Mm. Um, and doing those limited runs, so they're all near enough the same mm-hmm. um takes a lot longer when you're using traditional yeah. methods um you can have uh like a wooden spoon or a baron mm-hmm. um, a baron is um uh it's kind of like a flat disc with a handle that you can apply pressure with your hands yeah um and i ended up getting a lot of wrist pain from printing so much so yeah uh, having the press has just made life a lot easier mm, of course <laughs> so what mainly inspires your work because i've seen quite a few of your prints and i recognize the style but a lot of them seem like really different so where do you tend to get your inspiration from um so a lot of my prints are based off like Grimm's fairy tales um i haven't been doing so much of that recently um but um i will be doing more prints like that it's just that those prints take a lot longer because they Mm -hmm. take more research um So um, the last print I did was based on a story called The Cat and Mouse in Partnership. Um, The same with a lot of Grimm's fairy tales. They do not have the nicest endings. Yes, Um, I'm familiar with their endings. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, in this story, the cat and the mouse agree to put their money together and buy a pot of fat to help them through the winter. But the cat is greedy and has eaten that before winter and then turns on the mouse and eats him. Oh dear. And he discovers the empty empty jar of fat. Um or lard, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly now. Um it was a couple of months ago when I did that. Um but I just find the story so interesting how um oral storytelling is such a interesting part and all the Grimm's brothers all the Grimm's brothers did was transcribe those those oral stories yeah. so they they weren't lost mm-hmm. um and um it's interesting what has been saved and what has been changed yeah um so it's like um the frog prince or mm-hmm. princesses and the frog as we kind yeah. of call it today um originally in that kind of story um it's argued by historians because it's because again it's oral history yeah, there's so not it changes. a yeah um and not an exact mm-hmm. everyone has the same story which is important in itself like yeah. the, the variations of story and oral storytelling are still very important even if it is even if it is a lie it's still an important why did someone yeah. say that you know um but in the original story instead of kissing the frog um she had to throw him at a wall mm-hmm. or sleep on her pillow or something like that yeah so yeah. It's interesting that the frog got a kiss instead in mm-hmm. our modern telling of the story 
memory. Yes. Um, I just love um, looking at these stories and looking at which ones haven't been retold. So mm. we have, um, and some some stories don't get told here, but get told back in Germany. So yeah. there's one called Hans the Hedgehog, which I did recently as well, of a little hedgehog riding a, a cockerel. Um, it's about oh. a farmer, a farmer's wife, farmer and his wife who desperately want the son, mm-hmm. and the farmer, um, not thinking anything about it, about it, he said, "I'd even take a hedgehog for a son." Okay. Uh, his wife then falls pregnant and gives birth to a hedgehog. Oh. <laughs> and then they um, go through the story. It's kind of one of the more cheerful ending ones. Okay. Um, actually, um, uh, one with like a a, a curse break. Uh, instead of a a drastic death which a lot of men do yes um and but recently i've been doing things um like uh my last print has been a valentine's day print um Mm -hmm. i did a sacred heart um and i've been working on an art deco inspired heart i just felt like doing something just a bit different really Mm -hmm. um the sacred heart um i've always really loved the imagery of them um i'm not religious myself but i think that the iconography of it is just very pretty so i wanted to um make it and the the art deco Mm -hmm. um heart um that one i've always just really loved art deco um i don't know what it is about it that that really nice style of Mm. i don't know they have very the the way these all these really straight symmetrical yeah. things work within that asymmetrical element, yes. or they add in some natural natural elements yeah. into these really harsh straight lines. So one thing I do want to ask you is, how do you store your stamps? Like, is there a really good um, way to? <laughs> um, they so because I don't really re use them mm. um they're just kind of in a pile i have um it's meant to be a paper organizer but yes. i have prints in it so it's um the best way to store them is flat mm-hmm. um but a lot of the time if i'm if i finish printing with it i don't really print with it again so it can just oh. go um i have a pile of lino somewhere mm-hmm. really i wouldn't um if i'm currently working on it it will stay flat. Um, okay. I've got work. I've got a workbench behind me that is only for printmaking. Okay. So if I have a lino that I have done a few test prints on, haven't decided on the style yet mm. or what I'm actually going to do with it, um, it will just stay on the top of there because I have I have the space to leave it yeah. flat out. Um, and preferably that's how I keep okay. my actual fresh lino that I haven't mm-hmm. touched yet because um, you can get. Um, can I get things like bowing? Uh, yeah. This is one that's the sheet of lino. Uh, I have a sheet of lino in my hand, and um, where it's fresh out of the packet, it mm-hmm. has a bit of a bow to it. Yeah. Um, when you buy the pack, um, I tend to buy 10 packs of lino from mm-hmm. um, wherever I'm getting it from, just because it's often cheaper if you buy the, yeah. the larger packs. Um, but um, it always has a bit of a bow to it when you mm. get it out. So um, if you can put it under anything that's uh, weighted. Um, 
yeah it can be quite hard to store mm-hmm. and um to be honest i know a lot of printmakers when they stop using a lino they just destroy the lino um oh. uh lino uh the gray lino which is hessian backed which is i yeah. which i use yeah it's actually compostable oh. um it's actually it's made out of like wood um wood chips um resin and stuff um uh, resin but not the kind like epoxy resin it's mm-hmm. like a, a natural resin and yeah. stuff like that uh, but yeah you can put it in your compost pile oh. um, and it break- naturally breaks down um, it's what I do with all of my carvings as well okay. um, I, I do know one woman who uh, uses it on her fireplace as well so if she's got her fireplace alight in the window she uses it as fuel because it burns very well okay okay um, yeah um I I am too sentimental about the amount of hours I've spent carving yeah, something to yeah. burn them or throw them away. I probably will get to a point where I'll have to get rid of some of them. Yeah. Um. But for now, mm. I hoard them. Yeah. 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 Um. I was thinking of trying to do like a, a photograph of all of the liners I did from last year, mm. but there was no way I was going to be able to lay them all out. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't have enough floor in the studio for that. That I get that I um I like selling my artwork because I know it's going into a home is going to be displayed but then I always feel really sad when it sells I'm like thank you for the sale but also you're taking my artwork and I really like that one um okay because I think always... that's something I think that's a big thing that I learned in art school um my um I had a painting tutor and he always used to say um you should uh, kill your darlings um it was a quote from someone i can't remember who right now um but you should never be too pedantic about your work mm-hmm. um and it can be hard because sometimes um you'll have worked some really hard on a print and you'll be like oh it should be displayed exactly this way yeah or look um you should put it in a white frame yeah. on at this height and mm-hmm. then someone will put it in a brown flame a frame and uh, at, at a different height in a dark room and you're like oh no that doesn't look right but obviously it's to the pet like once it's sold you've got to kind of yeah not think about it it's not (laughs) yeah I think you've got a kind of um it's very hard as an artist to put that sentiment behind it like I've had even had it in galleries where I'm like oh that's hung like oh they've displayed my work I don't like that I don't like it or I don't like the way they've put it (laughs) or I don't like how close it is to someone else's work like mm-hmm. there should be more gaps to let the work breathe yes but um obviously that's all personal preference mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it will be the tiniest thing and that no one else would notice everyone will be like oh that that artwork is amazing but yeah in my mind i'm like oh it's crooked on the wall <laughs> no i've i've also had to get used to that when it's come to when you've created something and you know when it's good but you can see this very tiny thing. But you know, if you go after, you'll probably ruin it. And it's like, no one will actually notice that. I'm noticing mm. it because I did it. But no one else is going to notice that because I've had people go, oh my gosh, that's really good. And I'm like, really? That's like, I don't mind yeah, selling that one. <laughs> you're, you're always our own own worst critics. Yeah. Um, that's also why, Um, so whenever I do craft markets now, I sell my seconds. Mm. So that these are like poorly printed prints which I wouldn't um, 
So I have like A grade artwork yeah. and B grade. Yeah. A grade I'd be happy to put into a gallery, mm-hmm. but A uh, B grade would never, never mm. see the light of a, a gallery wall. Yeah. But I'm happy to sell at a reduced price. Mm. Um, and it's really cut, like it's helped to cut down on my waste as well because sometimes, sometimes I'll make something um, and it might go wrong. Mm. And I normally originally I used to just throw it away, and it's just um, it's really helped cut my waste down. It's really important to me to be environmentally conscious even yeah. in such a um in such a waste creating creating industry it just yes. happens with art sometimes yeah. things go to waste and it's a shame yeah i i have a lot of things that say i've done for something else this the physical piece isn't actually going to go anywhere because it's just a background for like a page and or something like that that i can't actually sell so i've got a bunch in a folder that I need to use for something because I can't just throw all this away. Stuff went on it. Um, paper, you know, trees have gone into this. I need to find a way to sell it on somehow or create it into something new. Um, yeah, I don't like to throw away stuff unless I can. Mm-hmm. Unless it's really necessary. What made you decide to work in the creative industry? Um, well... Always from a young age, I've always been interested in art. Um, my mum loves to tell the story. When I was four, um, she was asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm. And I, said, I said an artist. Oh. And then she, she told me that artists don't really make money until they're dead. Um, so I said, oh, maybe I'll do pictures for storybooks then instead. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a very funny turnaround now. I've been doing prints about Grimm's fairy tales, which are from storybooks. Um <laughs> And it's like I, I don't remember it because I was four, but yeah. um, she re- she remembers it clear as the day. Um, I don't think there's there's never been anything that I've been interested in mm-hmm. as much as art. Yeah. Um, I personally feel like I couldn't do anything else. Um, I've like I've always had a passion for art. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was always the kid that people got draw pencils for or pens for Christmas and yeah. presents and stuff like that. And then going through secondary school, um, I had a bit of a rough time with exams, mm. um, and um, I w- I did have a bit of some health issues during exams as well, mm-hmm. which didn't help. So I didn't do very well, um, and I ended up having to take my English again during college. Right. Um, and, and to be honest, reflecting back, um, I've recently got an ADHD di- diagnosis, so it makes sense why I couldn't focus in exams because they're yeah. so quiet. Um, because um, with ADHD, um, having quiet focus is like almost the opposite of yeah. what someone needs. Um, yeah. If anything, noise would have helped because okay. I wouldn't be too focused on. Um, so in in an ADHD brain, mm. um, your your basically your problem is your dopamine receptors aren't doing their job properly mm-hmm. so your brain is constantly understimulated so your brain will look for stimulation and when it can't find stimulation oh. it will just distract you so um when i'm working in my studio i always have music on mm-hmm. or a podcast mm-hmm. um if i'm doing lino carving i'm watching a film or watching some tv because yeah. i i can't just sit there and, and carve um mm. I think I'd go insane if if I had to be in silence. Um, and um, but yeah, I feel like I don't think I could do anything outside the creative field. Mm. Um, 
The only other thing that I have found interesting was making can um, I made canvases during university uh, during college. Um, we had a, um, a a crash course on how to make your own canvases, stretch okay. making the canvas frame and stretching them, and I really enjoyed that. So I think if I didn't find myself currently doing this, I'd mm-hmm. probably end up working in a framers of some sort because. Right. I just felt like I've always been very like tactile with working with my hands and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so I don't think I could do anything else really. <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from. Every time someone's like, oh, so like, you know, what would be your other option? It's always something else artistic. It's like, it's one of the things, one of the artistic things I'm good at. There's there's nothing else. It's the creative industry mm-hmm. or nothing. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where... That's all where all my skills are. Um, so was your mom really supportive about it? Um, yeah, like my uh, both my parents have been really supportive. Um, they've they've never said that I can't do something. Mm. They've always encouraged it. Um, and I don't think I would have been here without yeah. the without the support. Um, um, I had a quite a rough um patch of mental health through my third year of university um mm. there was a lot of events out of my control that had happened and it just wasn't very good i still managed to graduate um and um it was very annoying because i was like one percent off a first <gasps> class no. degree um yeah and i was i was gutted but um i graduated and i made it through mm. um but i think like after that i i really did get the support I needed from them which was great that's good that's always good when your parents support you I Mm. I said I wanted to be an artist when I was 13 I think it was only when I was 16 my mom was talking to someone and I had no idea both my parents had like a bit of a mini attack it was like panic attack like oh my god she wants to be an artist she's gonna starve but I never they they never ever said that they just went Mm -hmm. okay so what can we do to support you? Because I was home educated. So it was like, what classes can we get you? What this? And yeah, I was really thankful for that, to have that support at home. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know it's a worry with a lot of uh, children with creative, mm-hmm. pe- uh, parents with creative children um, going into these industries. And it does take, like, it is not easy being in this, this no. thing. Like, um, <laughs> Um, I saw uh, a post saying, oh, I didn't want to work, work a ni- normal nine to five. So now I work 24 seven, which yeah. it can feel like sometimes. Yeah. Um, like um, I do have a problem with working, like self-control with work. Um, and you have to like work really hard to get anything done. Like yeah. um, uh, if I if I want to get these projects on the go, I need to co- contact people. I need to... Yeah. Oh, I'll send that email now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I try. I try to not work past um, six p.m. Mm-hmm. Normally, like nine, nine, nine thirty in the morning till like six p.m. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I just I get burnt out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's especially hard when you're relying on social media um, to like put your artwork out there yes it's so much harder to like keep up to date with things have time away from social media because you can get messages from throughout the night Mm -hmm. and it's harder because like 
my, a lot of my friends are on social media and that's how they contact me. Yeah. So I can't just turn the social media off yeah. either because they'll contact me on my, like they'll contact me on my private account or something mm-hmm. to try and talk to me and I won't reply. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to find that kind of middle ground where you're like, oh, I'm not looking at my work messages right now at 11 o'clock at night when yeah. I should be going to bed. Yes. I'm having a relaxing evening, you know, um, uh, and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people doubt like the creative, like how much work actually goes into yeah. sustaining a creative career because I don't want to, sometimes I wake up and I don't want to make things mm-hmm. and I don't feel creative and sometimes I've got to push through that. Um, and also the amount, sheer amount of admin that I have to do. Yeah, <laughs> um, admin's a killer. My tax return doesn't file itself, you know? Um, so, um yeah it's tough but I think it's I think it is the best outcome for me um Mm -hmm. just referring back to the ADHD thing yeah I think this is probably the best thing for me um like keeping my dopamine in check Mm -hmm. um I'm enjoying what I'm doing yeah no I I completely get it um that's why (laughs) because Some family members are always a bit like, oh my God, Nathifa, will you ever be able to feed yourself? And I'm like, I work constantly. It's just a constant thing, but it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. I I think if you don't love it and aren't truly passionate, it'll feel a lot more like grueling work. Because sometimes you kind yeah. of look at you think, my gosh, like I should probably take a day. But I don't know, you just keep on going back because you love it. Because I love it. I I injured my hand, what, in 2020? I lasted two weeks and I just started to use my left because I couldn't be away from creating. I love it so yeah. much that I was like, well, left hand, we're going to work. <laughs> and we're going to do this. And yeah, I think, because it is, you You are literally everything. There's, there isn't a boss to tell you what to do. You're the boss to tell you what to do. There isn't yeah. someone doing the admin. You're doing the admin. You're doing the creating. You're doing everything that it takes to run a business really and um it's it's worth it though I feel it's worth it for me at least like how you feel it's worth Mm -hmm. it for you do you have any tips how to go into the creative industry like just anything that maybe you wish you had known before you had started I think social media is a great tool um but you need to do your research. I see a lot of people being like, oh, my things don't reach people, but you need to kind of do your own social media analysis and stuff. Like if you're just posting photos, it's not enough anymore. You need to Mm -hmm. post videos of things and like talk to people um, and make kind of personalize yourself on there. Yeah. Because people people want to see a more authentic you. also, um, just ask people for things. And you often get, like, um, if you see a um, – so if you're thinking of getting into teaching, uh, look for local places that teach. So um, I don't know if there's um, places like adult education, you could contact them directly um, and say, oh, I would love to volunteer. Mm. Um and lots of art charities who run classes would like love to see volunteers 
be like, hey, I, I've never taught before, but I would love to learn mm-hmm. learn how to teach because being able to teach is a big skill. Yeah. Because um, um, it's okay knowing a skill yourself, but you need to be able to explain yourself. Yeah. And it is a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a lot of practice. It takes, it takes a lot of practice for anyone because um, you find... <laughs> You can say, "Oh, just do this," but yeah. they might not necessarily know how to just do that. Yeah, um, you need to explain it in baby steps, um, and I think also um, thinking about like abilities and stuff in um, in who you're teaching as well, because you're not going to teach the same class to a 15 year old as you're going to teach a five year old. Yeah, for that gap, or um, you have younger children who have um, maybe not as good hand-eye coordination and then you get older adults who are at the point where their um, their eyesight might be not as good so they can't see. Yeah. If you're teaching a colour theory class, they might not be able to see the difference in the colours yeah. as well. Um, and also... Um, you've got to remember that you've developed these skills, skills over years and years and this mm. this might be the first time that they're yeah. seeing these skills. And then my last probably tip is YouTube is a gold mine. Um, if you need to learn how to do something, mm-hmm. it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, watching people's um, speed draws, mm. I found that really helpful when learning how to use um, Photoshop and stuff like that. Um, like, I can fully use Photoshop and I'm completely self-taught from YouTube. Yeah. Just trying to work out what it is and uh, how to do things. Yeah. Um, and sometimes now I have to remind myself and go back to a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, no, YouTube is fantastic. And then there's so how it's there's so much free resources out there and it's amazing. Um but yeah, just ask for things mm. and people often give them to you if you're nice. <laughs> Say please and thank you and you normally get your way. Yeah. Oh, and what I'll add in as well is don't be afraid to reach out to other creatives as well. It's mm-hmm. really beneficial to talk to people that kind of know where you're coming from. And again, mm. they can share their knowledge. You can share with them. It's nice to have that back and forth as well. I found it really nice to to do that. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Odd message here and there. So, what kind of projects do you ca- have coming up? Um, like what you're working on? Um, okay, so um, in my own practice, I have um, I'm designing some more stickers of past prints. Um, I've noticed that a couple of my Halloween prints were very popular, so I'm hoping to turn those. In, um, I'll be turning those into stickers, and they'll be released probably later this month. I have my Valentine's Day collection. Um, um, a lot of heart shape. Um, I love heart shape things. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as for teaching, um, I currently do a Zoom class uh every wednesday afternoon um not every wednesday but they are every wednesday from this charity uh we alternate who is teaching that week so i might do uh it might end up that i'm doing every other week it just Mm -hmm. depends on what's going on with um 
the other people who teach. So okay, um, um, which charity is that? Uh, that's um, Inner Space Arts. Inner Space Arts. Um, if you go to my social media, which I'll say at the end, um, I always tag them in posts about um, any classes that I'm running. Um, I and I do promote any classes on on my social medias anyway. Um, but yeah, I also have my Friday classes. Um, where I teach to over 55s in the Maidstone area. Mm. And um, hopefully we're going to be having a veterans coffee morning in Ellsford um, within the next two months. Okay. Uh, and it will have, it'll be a coffee morning and we'll be doing something creative um, along those lines. Um, but we yet to put the footwork in mm-hmm. for that and, um, we've only just been awarded the funding for that, um, so that's early days. Um, and I will also be doing a class for a service for vulnerable women mm-hmm. in Maidstone. Um, basically, I'll be going over there once a month and we'll be doing art classes with any of the service users there. Um uh, basically, it's helping um, women who've experienced trauma mm-hmm. and um, letting them, helping them to socialise and um, feel more comfortable in yeah. social situations. Okay, that's lovely. But that's kind of it. I have. I feel like I've got a lot. I'm probably forgetting something that I'm yeah. actually doing, but um, <laughs> it just so happens things get very hectic. Yeah. Yeah especially at the beginning of the year when you're lining everything up. Yeah, this is the point where like people are finding out when if they've got funding bids back. Okay. And stuff like that. So, if I'm finding out about funding projects here oh. and there, some have been rejected, some haven't. Okay. Uh, it's great to know. <laughs> oh, that would be another tip. Find someone who's really good at filling out funding applications. Um um the two charities I work for have experience in applying for funding through the Kent Community Foundation mm-hmm. um, and the Arts Council, and they are experienced with actually getting awarded funding. And the more funding you've been rewarded, mm-hmm. the more likely you're going to get future grants. And having them on your side, mm-hmm. someone who's good at that kind of work, um, is really good. And I also recommend uh, The White Pube. Mm. They're an online blog. And um, they have loads of really good resources for filling out um, funding bids for different corporations. They have um, examples of rejected Mm -hmm. and accepted bids. And they're a really good resource to check out. Okay. Those, um, I'll link... To, I'll make sure and link to Christie's um, social medias and stuff. So if you want to look further into that, um, especially things that she's mentioned and the charities she's working with, you can definitely check that out. And it'll all be in the description of this podcast. Where can the listeners find you? I am on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can type in Christy Grant Art. Um, I'm also on Etsy as well under the same name. Um, uh, that's kind of where you'll find me. Um, I don't have a website as of yet. That is 
something that I'd planned to do last year that never got around to doing it. So who knows? Hopefully by the summertime, I might have my own website as well. Lovely. All right. So I, again, I will link everything down so you can find Christy's shop and her social media um, accounts. And does your is your Etsy always opened or are there times when it's opened and not? Um, it's always open unless I've made an announcement. I make announcements normally like the day before on social media mm-hmm. um, or there will when my shop is on holiday, there'll be a note on when I return. Okay. But it doesn't happen very often. Um, <laughs> my shop isn't shot very often. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can check out her Valentine's heart um prints i've seen one of them and it's really lovely so do go and take a look at those on her etsy well thank you very much for coming to the podcast um it's been really lovely to have you on i know i've been trying for a while (laughs) yeah so it's it's lovely that um it's happened and it was really interesting learning learning more about your printing um process and all the other stuff that goes into it and more about your teaching um and yeah so thank you again for joining me i hope that all the viewers enjoyed listening to christy and her creative process and journey and um yeah do check her out definitely check her out because her artwork is gorgeous so so pretty and intricate wow and um yeah If you're on YouTube, please do give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already and click that notification bell. I have a podcast a month and as well as a studio vlog. And if you're listening on any of these other podcast um, sites, please do give it a heart like however to show that you liked it. So thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs)